Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for a weekend update for the week ending November 26, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot to discuss today. The market made a turn. There's a lot of evidence that we're going to go over to justify the fact that the market finally made the turn. That doesn't mean anything in particular is going to happen immediately, but it does mean that we get to shift our thinking as the market shifts from an uptrend. Remember, the trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. On Friday, she threw your shit out the window. From at minimum of a daily chart perspective, the trend is shifting or has shifted. Could there still be a rescue operation in the near term? Yeah, there could be a rescue operation in the near term. However, we're going to look at the market for what she's presenting back to us. We're going to take things at face value. We're going to look at a variety of different charts. We're going to look at a variety of different markets. Some are leading indications of what's going forward. Those markets are important. When we look at the daily chart, the first thing we're going to do is take a look to see what's jumping off the page. We're also going to look back and remember the tinfoil hat day. That particular day was right here on the 18th, I believe, of November. Now, the market didn't necessarily break out or break down right after that day, but they did put in some kind of a top, and we discussed it on the 22nd. What we said on that day, can traders be short against that high? And what does that mean? That means as long as they're not closing above that high on the daily chart, then you could stay short. So that was a possibility. Some traders are short. Was it unlikely or likely that they did what they did over a holiday week? And the answer is, it was very unlikely. It happened, we're going to attribute it to the thieves in the night, only this time they were the thieves over Thanksgiving week. One thing I want to make mention of, and you know, we have to watch CNBC sometimes to get material. One piece of material that I thought was interesting that I want to bring to the forefront was what the excuse was for the sell-off on Friday. They were discussing a limited liquidity market and they were pinning the excuse on that. We know about the additional coronavirus variant and all that stuff, and that was certainly pinned as the catalyst. But what I did think was a joke was the liquidity conversation. And then you had people repeating it all day long. Well, it's a low liquidity sell-off. Really? Well, let me give a counter-argument to that. The average daily volume on the SPY is just under 73 million shares as of right now. On Friday, it did 112 or almost 113 million shares, and that was in about half a trading day. What kind of low liquidity is that? Here's an hourly chart. The first hour of the day did almost 23 or 24 million shares. When's the last time you had that many shares in an hour? Look back on the chart. Where is it? About the fourth hour of the day, 26 million shares plus. How many times have we seen that? How do you explain low liquidity on a tremendous volume candle or volume day? You don't. It's a joke. It's not true. Let me state it like this. 
if there were enough sellers to come out of the woodwork to sell whatever they wanted to sell in terms of shares, then by contrast, if it was a buying opportunity, you would have got the counter-argument or the buyers to stop the decline. It's what we call a canard. It's a bogus argument. The market got smacked down. That's what happened. Forget the excuses about low liquidity. Price is the absolute arbiter. The weekly chart shows some interesting stuff. So let's check out the last breakup candle. The low is 458.20. What was the low today or on Friday? 457.77, yet they closed above that low. That's not a surprise. That's garden variety of chart or market behavior. Also, this chart, the weekly chart, remains above home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. And it also should come as no surprise that the market is trending down to home base. We talk about it all the time. When markets get too far from home base, one of two things is likely to occur. You don't necessarily always know when, but two things are likely to occur. One is they're going to come back down toward home base. And number two is they'll run sideways and let home base get a chance to catch up the price or they'll do a combination of both. So when we look at the weekly chart, what's the thing that jumps out on where they might be headed before finding the next area of support? Well, let's look to the most former or recent breakout area. Where is it? How about 454? The market ran up to that spot. It was rejected, at least on a temporary basis. When it rallied back to that spot, it traded through. That creates or makes that spot a breakout area. So we're going to say 454 is important and we're going to go on back to other charts to find out if we can substantiate that price or something in that general zone. Back to the daily chart, here's that zone 454, yet we notice below that the moving averages, the 50 and the 100 period are sloping up, but they're underneath 454. So we have to be aware that in a higher volatility slash higher velocity decline, which is what we have, or at least have as of Friday, you're less likely to stop on a dime at an important spot and trade through it to another spot. They like to spike through stuff. So we're aware that underneath 454 is 451 and a half, and also all the way down at 447, Let's see if that has or what importance that might have. I look quickly over to the left and I notice there's a gap and that gap happens to be, ironically enough, 447.19. All of a sudden that starts to marry up pretty well with the 100 period moving average. With the full and complete understanding, it's far from current price, but based on the type of activity and velocity of sell-off on Friday, don't put it past the market to get down there in a hurry. So far, we have somewhat of a zone. It's rather wide, 454 to 447. But underneath the 454, we know that we have a 50-period moving average. So what we're going to do for now is move one of the lines down to the 50 and peruse some other charts to see if there's a supporting cast of reasons why that price may be extra important. At this point, we're pretty convinced the 447 or slightly below it would be important. By the way, before we move on, we might as well take a gander at the monthly chart. We need to notice the tail developing on the monthly chart 
That's important. There are no accidents nor coincidences. The month will close out on Tuesday. We'll review the monthly chart after that. Taking a look at the 240-minute chart, we notice that the 451.50 area is slightly above its 100-period moving average. We also have to note the importance of the big fat round numbers. We're getting close, if the market were to go down there, to 450. 450 is a much more magnetic number than 451.50. In the big scheme of things, the law of large numbers, it's not that far away. Would the market normally be attracted if it got close to 450 or at least come close to it on the first run? And the answer is, under normal garden variety conditions, yeah. We're going to drop that number down to about 450 and a quarter. Why is it above 450? Because on the first run, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew sometimes decides to get involved to the point where they're headed for 450, they come up short by just a little bit, screwing traders who are short waiting to get to 450, and traders waiting to buy a spike of 450. So they come up short to screw two different factions of traders. So we're saying we're going to watch 450 and a quarter for argument's sake. So I'm pretty comfortable with that zone between 450 and change and 447. Now, does that represent a spot we're going to see the market on Monday? Or does it represent a spot we should see a pretty good bounce back in the other direction? And it's the latter of the two. We may see it down there on Monday, but we don't know that. Maybe it's Monday, maybe it's Tuesday, maybe it's not at all. But what we do know is... If the market is down there sooner than later, you're going to get a reaction back up in the other direction from that zone. If they hang out above there for a few days, eat time off the clock, it changes everything, no dice. Checking in on the 120-minute chart, again, the 450 and a quarter is slightly below its 200-period moving average. Maybe it doesn't get there. Maybe it stops at the 200-period moving average, which is also, ironically enough, 45150. So we may want to be cognizant of 451.50. Since it keeps repeating, we'll put it back on the chart. We're aware of it. What about the flip side? What happens if they begin to rally the market overnight on Sunday? By the time we wake up Monday, they're bouncing back. They've already eaten away at half of the losses from Friday. They start to talk bullish. They start to rally the tape more after the opening bell. Obviously, that is a possibility since we've seen that before. So we have to be aware. It's an awareness. What are the numbers we're looking at? Where do they actually begin the bona fide rescue operation? Here we've got the hourly chart. So let's just say for argument's sake, they start trading the market a little bit higher. They're having a dead cat bounce, whatever you want to call it. They're somewhere up in this zone. So from a points perspective, looks like a pretty good day underway. Maybe the S&P's up 30, 40 handles early in the day. People start to feel better, and they start to brush off what happened on Friday. Maybe it was just a low-liquidity sell-off, as they say. The market trading up 30 or 40 handles would still be garden variety. Until or unless they get over two areas, there's no concern that higher prices are in the offing. The first area is this breakdown candle high, 461.50, important spot. The next one would be the first hour breakdown candle high, 463.90. If they get up into no man's land and start pushing on these moving averages, we start talking about filling the gap, 
and the whole complexity of the market really just does a shift. The likelihood of that, back to the daily chart, when you see this volume, and then you have to realize that there were three hours left in a normal trading day where the volume probably would have been closer to 150, 160 million shares or more if the market continued on, and certainly if it continued to sell at a rapid pace under the type of velocity it was selling, we might have seen a lot heavier volume. So the volume was tremendous. That's not the type of day we just brush off. It's an awareness. We have to respect it in its full form. Think about the flip side. Here's the heaviest volume day we could find on the screen right now. What was it? 166 million shares. What was it? It was a low. Now the market retested that low, but that was a pretty darn good low, heavy volume. Heavy volume, market sold off, heavy velocity. Is that going to be a low when we just came from the highs? Or, or was that the flare up in the air as the warning signal, the SOS? Save our stocks. Keep in mind, it's a bull market. It's hard to kill a bull. I know we talked about trend change, but that's on the daily chart. The weekly chart is still a bull market. You're going to hear the words buying opportunity all day on Monday, and you're likely to hear it for the next several days, regardless of what the market is doing. Is there buying opportunities? Will there be buying opportunities? Absolutely. It's going to be a two-way market. Let me explain something. If the market turned, and it's still the if, but if the market turned and the trend turns down, we're going to do the same thing just flipped on its head. You sell the rips, which is when the market rips higher, there's going to be resistance. We sell the rips, and then there will be plenty of prices and plenty of times where we can buy the dips for a tremendous bounce back in the other direction. We're going to get a lot of rubber bands snapping around over the next several weeks and beyond. You'll hear stuff like, the market's down 5%. It's a buying opportunity. Is it down 5% now? No. Where is it down 5%? How about 450? You think 450 is going to be important? You're going to have people buying when it's down around 5%. Maybe 4, 4.5, maybe 6, maybe 5.5. But in that neighborhood is going to trigger buying opportunities. Big fat round number. Trigger buying opportunities. Moving averages. Trigger buying opportunities. Even if they're short term. There's still tremendous opportunities because the snapbacks you get either in the index or individual stocks are tremendous. Now, by the way, there are other numbers in between what we've identified here and the closing price on Friday where there will be bona fide support. Inside the number members will have those numbers bright and early Monday morning. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Little bit of a different picture, quite interesting in Camp IWM. Had another heavy volume day on this chart, 62.5 million shares traded, but this chart has been down precipitously since the 8th of November. Can this chart be on time? I can certainly make a case for the combination of being down that many days, being down that much, where they are on the chart in terms of moving averages, prior support, and the type of volume spike, we can certainly make a case for a low in Camp IWM. 
Now, how can that be? How could the IWM be making a low if the S&P just made a high? One of those two things has to be wrong. And if it is wrong, which one? Well, let me mention this. So here are the moving averages, the 200 and the 100. They basically converged the market, in this case, the IWM, cut through it like a hot knife through butter, tried to rally back, but never really came close to getting back above those moving averages by the end of the day. That's also a pretty negative sign from a daily chart perspective. But when you look at the weekly chart, what did they do? They came right into those moving averages and the 50 period moving average on the weekly chart held. That's important from a weekly chart perspective. What else do we have on the weekly chart? How about a big breakup candle? They gave up the low on close by the end of the week. That's also important. The monthly chart is putting in a tail candle. The month's not closed yet, but we're watching. The IWM was down over 4% on Friday. It is my favorite market leading indicator. 4% is a big deal. Wasn't quite two times the S&P, but it was significant and significantly more down than the S&P. And that is important. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. From a shorter term perspective, the hourly chart, you did have a reversal candle. This hour that ended at 1230 on Friday did reverse the prior candle from a technical perspective that is meaningful. Now you have a breakup candle and the market is eating time off the clock. So here's what we could say. Until or unless they close an hour below the low of that breakup candle, they may be building energy to make it push higher. How much higher? We don't know. But again, you can't rule out some kind of a snapback rally, reflex rally, dead cat bounce on Monday. Something like that can happen across the board. That doesn't change anything that happened on Friday. The market was damaged on Friday. After all, the VIX was up 54% on Friday. That's not an anomaly. That's not an accident. That's not a coincidence. That's something telling you something. Now, the VIX can easily be down 40-50% on Monday just the same. It is wild in both directions. Very difficult vehicle to trade. And by the way, if it was a low liquidity and the type of sell-off that some talking heads just wanted to minimize, if that was true, the VIX wouldn't have been up 54%. We've seen other days when the market did sell off and it turned out to be a nothing sell-off, the VIX barely moved. You can look at that as a tell. So net-net, I'm not buying the story from the talking heads. They owe us a better lie. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Even though this chart is still whacked out, it was down 600 points over 3.5%. This is my second favorite market-leading indicator, and similar to the IWM, it was outpacing the other markets in the decline. We have to take that as an important matter. Just to double-check that the ETF, the IYT, did much of the same thing, and that is the case. They have a tail here. It's in the middle of no man's land, but you came up short of the 50-period moving average. It's kind of, at least the way I'm looking at it, a fake out or maybe just a fake tail. Remember, you had an attempt to make a new high. They made a double top. Now they're coming back down. This was about three or four weeks ago that they tried. If they're supported by the moving averages and they go back up, then there would be nothing wrong with the IYT or the folks at the transportation department. However, if, 
and here comes Irene again, if they get below these moving averages on a weekly close and give up this reversal candle with a low of 241 and a quarter on weekly close, Irene is knocking at the door. In fact, if that happens, she's already set up camp behind the woodshed. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? The Q people had that reversal candle over here. That was on the 22nd. Played around with the 20-period moving average and now gave up the 20-period moving average. This is a market that's in the process of turning. You're going to have days where it looks like that's not the case. And across all markets, you're going to have days where they rip them higher, the media tries to suck you right back in, and then they hit them again. That's the way these markets will work going forward if, in fact, we have a top. Remember, the market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Just for kicks, let's just do an exercise real quick. So here's another tail on the monthly chart. Let's just say that is a top. Let's just play it out as if the market is making a top. Now we know that these things can take time to materialize, time to play out. You're looking at a monthly chart, so each candle is a month. Maybe the market comes down right away, but maybe it takes a few months. But let's just play out a scenario. What happens if the market pays a visit to the 20 period moving average on the monthly chart? It's at We'll call it 314 for argument's sake. What does that look like on a shorter term chart? Back to the daily chart, looks like a lot of pain if in fact the market were to go back down there. Let's just say for argument's sake that we made a turn. Let's just say there's going to be a correction or worse. Let's just say the market has a garden variety retracement from the most recent and bona fide pivot low. What are we talking about? Guess what? If you go to the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, and you watch that module, you'll realize we're talking about 315, 314, somewhere in that neighborhood. A lot of stuff points to that. Could take time, but don't be surprised when the market's down there. Eventually, it's going to be down there. And I'm not saying that has to be the end, but it's going to be down there. And by the way, if it's down at 315, 314, is it close enough to get sucked all the way down to the big fat round number of 300? You see where we're going with all this? It's not meant to scare anybody. There's a world of opportunity ahead in this market right here, right now. If the market made a turn, this is what we've been waiting for. Fortunes are made and lost on the turn. Looks like the market was down a lot over the last few days. But if this is a turn, ain't seen nothing yet. That's just a blip. How about the financials? Using the XLF, they did the thing where they came into our area right under $39. They bounced up pretty good, and then they got killed. It was a smash and grab, just like they're doing to some shopping malls. 100 period moving average, stops price in its decline. Also, the weekly chart, 20 period moving average. So right now, maybe they get a bounce, maybe, the financials can hold up. Without the financials, the market's unlikely to fall apart, meaning the financials are going to get in trouble, energy's going to get in trouble, retail's going to get in trouble. Everything gets thrown out with the bathwater. These type of corrections are indiscriminate. So let's just say the financials start to bounce up and you see a rally going on. Well, it's unlikely you're going to see the market fall apart with the financials rallying. But if the financials start giving up the ghost, look out below. 
you didn't have the type of volume spike. You had a spike in volume over the average, but you didn't have the kind of anomaly that we saw in other markets. Maybe that'll change going forward, but we have to take it at face value today. The financials, while hit pretty hard, aren't in terrible shape. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. We have to play umpire calling balls and strikes. Same thing with Smash Mouth. They came into, didn't even touch, kind of almost touched its 20-period moving average on the daily chart. So while this was running away, put in a reversal the other day, but only came down to the 20-period moving average. So here, the trend is still intact. We have to note that. We have to be aware of that. We have a reversal week on our hands. That's important. So the likelihood is the SMH will want to work down towards its 20-week moving average or at least go sideways and let the 20-week moving average or home base work up toward price. The monthly chart doesn't look the same as the other charts. That tail is not really a tail. It's not anything that looks similar or really specifies a turning point from a monthly chart perspective. So technically, the SMH is still in a wild uptrend on the monthly chart. It's too far from home base, sure, but the monthly chart isn't indicating anything like the other ones. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. Umpire, balls and strikes. The bottom line is this. If the market made a turn, it's going to take time. They're not going to hand it to you on a silver platter. They never want to make everything obvious on a regular basis. They make you work for it. If you're willing to work, you'll get paid. We may have changed over into a sell-the-rip environment. Remember, fortunes are made and lost on the turn. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.